0: and of the Holy Spirit one triune God amen this is father Daniel Abba Moses, and I want to thank you for allowing me to spend some time with you today with the Trinity's help I will speak about the divine essence so there's one key term that we need to define first in order for our discussion of this topic to be clear that key term is essence so what does the term essence mean well I define essence as what an object is constituted or made of and we're gonna see later on what I base that definition off of it's not just my personal definition But we will have patristic quotes to back up that definition again being what an object is constituted or made of So an example would be if three people were praying at church these three people would all be constituted or made of the same exact essence which is human essence. It's worth noting that when talking about the divine essence specifically, it is prudent to only use the word composed or constituted and not made because made can imply that a given object didn't exist and then in time was made of a given essence. And obviously the Holy Trinity and the divine essence, they are outside of time. So let's hear some patristic quotes that validate this definition of essence. So the first one says, quote, If anyone wants to compare a human with another human and examines the one common definition of their essence, that person would find no difference between them. A human will never differ from another human when it comes to being a rational animal, mortal, capable of thought and reason. This is the one definition of essence that is in everyone. Later on in the quote, It is clear that the definition of every essence is not perfect in some, but imperfect in others, but it is one and the same for all. End quote. This is from the Commentary on the Gospel of John by St. Cyril, volume 2, page 205 to 206. And the last quote I have says, quote, Let us consider the matter further with the following reasoning. The definition of an essence is not determined by knowing or not knowing, but by what each item is by nature. Take, for example, Paul and Silvanus. Let Paul know and be instructed perfectly in the mystery of Christ, but let Silvanus be somewhat less so than Paul. Are they dissimilar then in nature? Will Paul surpass Sylvanus as far as the principle of their nature is concerned, since he knew the depth of the mystery to a greater degree than Sylvanus did? No, I do not think any anyone would be so foolish that they would ever imagine their natures to be different because of greater or lesser knowledge. End quote. This is also from the commentary on the Gospel of John by St Cyril volume one page three forty eight so now let's talk about some synonyms for essence. So the first synonym that I want to mention is hypostasis. So this has been and can be used as a synonym for essence. I will get into hypostasis more specifically in a separate lecture about hypostasis. But for now, it's just prudent for us to know and understand that in the patristic writing, you can see the term hypostasis used as a synonym for essence. The next synonym that I want to mention is nature. So let's read some patristic quotes to support this. First one says, quote, for what is it to be thus connatural with the Father, but to be one in essence with him? End quote. This is Saint Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page four seventy-eight. And the next quote this, my friend, is the definition of human nature, which is also called a substance, that it is a rational animal, mortal, recipient of mind and learning, end quote. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, five tomes against Nestorius, page 335. The next synonym I want to mention is substance. The first quote says, Isaac does not make Jacob, but begets him by nature. And Jacob is the same as him in substance. A little later on in the quote, It is appropriate for someone to say that every son is the same as his father in substance. End quote. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, works on the spirit, page 113. The next quote says, If the distinction between individuals makes no difference, let everything be mixed together with everything else. Let the traitor Judas be Peter or Paul, since he is consubstantial with Peter and Paul. Later on in the quote, Being of the same substance will in no way remove the distinguishing characteristic of individuals who are in the same genus or species with each other. That is St. Cyril of Alexandria, commentary on the Gospel of John, volume 1, page 24. And the last quote says, Peter is Peter and not Paul, and Paul is not Peter. But they remain without distinction according to their nature. The definition of their substance is the same for both, and those who are joined in a natural unity have the exact same definition. Quote. This is also St. Cyril of Alexandria from his commentary on the Gospel of John, volume 2, page 171. So these three quotes showed that substance is also an appropriate synonym for essence. Now I want to mention some synonyms specifically for the divine essence. So these are synonyms that are not going to be used just for essence, any kind of essence, but it's, these are synonyms that are specific for the divine essence. The first one being divinity. So the quote says, In terms of nature and substance, the spirit has nothing in common with or proper to creatures rather he is different from things that have come into existence and he is proper to and not foreign to the substance and divinity of the sun quote. this is saint athanasius of alexandria works on the spirit page 96 so you hear in this quote that he uses nature substance and divinity interchangeably because they are synonymous the next synonym i want to mention is godhead so the first quote says certain eloquent and distinguished bishops and writers even of ancient date use the word "coessential" with reference to the godhead of the father and the son end quote this is saint athanasius of alexandria select works and letters page 492 so you see here that he is showing that essence is synonymous with godhead hence why when speaking about the godhead of the father and the son which is the same Writers used to use the word co-essential, which means they both share the same essence. The next quote says, The same, Jesus Christ, consubstantial with the Father and Godhead, and consubstantial with us and manhood. End quote. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Select Letters, page 47. So again, we see that it's appropriate to use as synonyms for the divine essence, both divinity and And Godhead now let's transition into talking about the divine essence itself and mention some important truths about it so the first point about the divine essence I want to mention is that the divine essence is eternally existent there never having been a time in which it did not exist let's hear the two quotes first one quote the unoriginate and unmitigated essence of God End quote. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page 362. So he's saying here that the divine essence is unoriginate. It has no origin in time, it has always existed. The next quote Only the nature that is divine and above all things is suited to have no beginning or end. end quote. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, his commentary on the Gospel of John. Volume 1, page 33. So again, the divine essence is eternally existent. There's no time in which it did not exist. The next point I want to mention is, the divine essence is itself present everywhere and is in everything without, however, being the things that it is in. Let's read the first quote. I am given to understand then, that some are prompted, by utter stupidity, to take the line that the only begotten word of God, on becoming man and having dealings in the flesh with men on earth, left heaven empty of his Godhead. This amounts to saying that he is quantitatively measurable, has a limited nature, and occupies a position like bodies or the rest of created things. Perhaps they did not know that the Godhead is incorporeal, without configuration or parts, not quantitatively measurable or limited by position, but that it fills all and exists in all, being infinite by its very nature. End quote. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Select Letters, page 147. So we hear in this quote that he says that it, the Godhead, fills all and exists in all. So it's very clear. The next quote says that nature, talking about the divine nature, that nature that is above all and through all and in all. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, commentary on the Gospel of John, volume two, page 154. And the last quote says the divine nature is not located in a place and it is not absent from anything at all. It is fills all things and goes through all things and is both outside and inside everything End quote this is saint cyril of alexandria commentary on the gospel of john volume 2 page 290 so these quotes showed us the reality that the divine nature itself is present everywhere and is in everything but it's very important to note that it is not the things that it is in The next point about the divine essence that I want to mention is that the divine essence is not limited or circumscribed by the things it is in. Let's listen to the quote of the father about this. It says, Now God exercises care for everything, and he must not be considered to be circumscribed by place. Rather, as far as his own nature is concerned, he is completely uncontained by the things that exist this is saint cyril of alexandria commentary on the gospel of john volume one page 268 the next point i want to mention about the divine essence is that the divine essence is infinite so let's listen to the quotes by the fathers the first one uh saint cyril is answering a question when people asked when the son was incarnate is it true that his hypostasis left heaven but he was still Ranked as God so in answering this he says I am astonished at the ignorance and recklessness of people who think this and Feel myself obliged to point out that they have made God's substance a quantity and are talking of it as confined Bounded and no longer unlimited and unconfined but spatially finite and contained within dimensions This is Saint Cyril of Alexandria select letters page 141 and the next quote says the divinely inspired psalmist surely speaks the truth and declares hidden mysteries in the spirit when he says that the sun is absent from no place at all thereby attesting to his incorporeal and unlimited nature and the fact that as god he is not confined to a place This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 2, page 163. So these quotes are very clear that the divine essence is infinite. The next point we need to talk about is that the divine essence is uncompounded or simple in essence, meaning that it is only constituted of one thing. The first quote says, Being uncompounded in nature, he is father of one son only. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page 157. Very clear, he says that he's uncompounded in nature. The next quote, The divine nature is simple and free from all composition. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 1, page 362. So again, these quotes are very clear that the divine essence or the divine nature is simple or uncompounded, meaning it's only constituted of one thing. So it's important to note that because the divine essence is only one thing, the patristic fathers will never be found speaking of it, the divine essence, in the plural. So that's an important note to keep in mind. The next point I want to mention about the divine essence is that created beings do not even have the capacity to know what the divine essence is. The first quote says, To comprehend what the essence of God is, is impossible. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page 165. The next quote no sober person would busy themselves trying to figure out what God really is by nature, since that is impossible to find out. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Commentary in the Gospel of John, Volume 2, page 16. And the last quote, But in the case of God, it is not possible for us to grasp the definition of his nature because we do not know what he is by nature. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 2, page 18. So I just want to make a note here about God is verses. So because humans don't have the capacity to know what God's essence is, any God is verse in the Bible cannot be taken as defining what the divine essence is. And let's listen to St. Cyril. He has a quote about this. Um, he's commenting on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. So the quote says, Our God is a consuming fire. We should surely not claim that so wise a man was explaining the nature of God when he compared it with fire. Again, this is St. Cyril of Alexandria from his commentary on the Gospel of John, volume 2, page 159. So again, any God is verse. So we have God is a consuming fire, Hebrews twelve twenty-nine. We have God as light, 1 John 1, 5, and we have God as love, 1 John four sixteen. Those three verses are not defining what God's essence is. They are describing his essence, but they are not defining what his essence is. Again, this can't be done because, to quote St. Athanasius, to comprehend what the essence of God is, is impossible. The next point that I want to mention about the divine essence is that the divine essence is indivisible, not being able to be divided up into portions. The first quote says, nor does he, God, have a nature that is divisible into parts. And the last quote, the divine and indivisible nature. The first quote was St. Athanasius of Alexandria works on the spirit, page 78. And the last quote was St. Cyril talking about the divine nature from his commentary on the Gospel of John, volume 1, page 227. So, again, the divine essence is not able to be divided up into parts. So, even though the Trinity, all three hypostases, are constituted of the divine essence, this doesn't mean that the divine essence is divided up into three portions and each hypostasis is constituted of a one third portion of the divine essence the last point that i want to mention about the divine essence is that the divine essence is invisible and cannot be perceived with the physical eye but only with one's soul the first quote says now no one could gaze with physical eyes on that nature that is completely invisible to all creation This is St. Cyril of Alexandria, Commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 2, page 129. The next quote, No one who has a brain would say that the nature of God is subject to fleshly seeing, nor could anyone see with the eyes of the flesh what can barely be grasped as in a mirror, since we see in an enigma. This is also St. Cyril of Alexandria from his Commentary on the Gospel of John, Volume 2, page 156 The next quote But for its knowledge and accurate comprehension there is need of none other save ourselves neither as God himself as above all is the road to him afar off or outside ourselves but it is in us and it is possible to find it from ourselves And if one were to ask what road is this I say that it is the soul of each one of us and the intelligence which resides there, for by it alone can God be contemplated and perceived. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page 20. The next quote, The soul has the capacity for beholding God, and is its own way thereto, receiving not from without, but from herself, the knowledge and apprehension of the word of God. This is St. Athanasius of Alexandria, Select Works and Letters, page 22. And the last quote, this is St. Cyril speaking about Christ. It says, through whom and in whom they saw, intellectually, the nature of God and the Father. This is St. Cyril of Alexandria from his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, page 272. And glory be to the Holy Trinity, our God, forever and ever. Amen. I would like to mention the sources that I used in today's lecture. So from... I would like to thank you for spending some time with me so that we could have an edifying discussion. I hope that the Trinity allowed this discussion to be beneficial for you. These are my thoughts and understanding about this topic. And if anyone has a different opinion about anything that I said, I respect your opinion and perhaps I am the one that is mistaken. May the Trinity continue to have mercy upon us and lead us into a deep personal relationship with him.